your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. When God has a message for the world, he speaks through the Jew. The prophets, the apostles, and the Son of God, they were all Jewish. And now, in these last days, God is once again speaking to the world through the Jew. It's the Christian Jew Hour, sponsored by the Christian Jew Foundation. And now, here's the founder and director, Dr. Charles Howe. We're so happy to come back over to your home with another broadcast of the Christian Jew Hour and have another little fellowship with all of you around the blessed Word of God. Well, today we're concluding our present series of messages on the subject of the two Adams, Adam the first and Adam the second. I've been speaking to you on this subject now for the past five broadcasts, and we've been noticing the contrast between Adam the first and Adam the second. Now, a tremendously heavy study today, and I hope to cover a lot of scripture in this message, so let's get right into our study from the Word of God. Now, for the benefit of the new people who are listening in today for the first time, let me remind you of a fact that the Bible speaks of two Adams. The first man whom God ever created is called the first Adam, and the Lord Jesus Christ is referred to as the second Adam, or the last Adam. Now, Adam the first took Satan for his God, but Adam the second, the Lord Jesus Christ, rejected Satan, and he took Jehovah for his God. Now, with these thoughts in mind, let's continue to notice some more contrast between the first Adam and the last Adam. If you have your Bibles handy, will you please turn with me to Genesis, the third chapter, where we have the sad, sad story of the expulsion of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve being driven from their beautiful garden home because of sin. Now listen to the scripture, Genesis chapter 3, beginning at the 8th verse. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. You see, Adam began to make excuses for his sin. He started to blame his wife, and the next verse tells us that his wife uh, blamed the devil, and ever since that time, people have been making excuses for their sins. Now the next verse says, And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Now here we have the sad story of the entrance of sin into the human race. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, they did everything they could to hide from the presence of the Lord. 
They didn't want to have anything to do with God. The Bible says that they hid from God. And that's the way it is with people today. People aren't seeking after God. The human heart isn't searching after God like the modernists say. All this talk about the universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man, all this talk about man having a divine spark in him, all this talk about mankind being hungry to know God is nothing in the world but a bunch of lies and flatly contradicts the word of God. In Romans, the third chapter, verse 11, it says, now I want you to notice this in your Bible, Romans chapter 3, verse 11, it says, there is none that seeketh after God. There is none, there is no one that seeketh after God. Beloved, listen to me. Nobody wants to know God. Nobody wants to be saved until God Almighty creates a thirst in a person's heart. If you're saved today, you're not saved because you sought the Lord. You're saved because the Lord sought you, because he gave you a thirst for something you didn't have. You accepted what God had to offer, and that's the reason why you're saved today. Not because you sought the Lord, but because the Lord sought you. Now, Adam didn't seek the Lord. The Lord sought Adam. When Adam sinned, he didn't call on God. The scripture says that he hid from God. Listen, beloved, Adam didn't call on God. God called on Adam. If Adam had been left alone, he would have never called on God. Do you know why people aren't saved? Do you know why people don't come to Christ? Jesus gave us the answer. Turn with me to John, the third chapter, and I want you to notice verses 19 and 20. Now, these are the words of the blessed Son of God. Listen to what Jesus said. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Now this tells us why people don't come to Christ, because they love darkness rather than light. Sometimes people say, I can't understand why my husband or my wife or why my family doesn't come to Christ with all the enlightenment and with all the preaching and with all the sermons that they've heard. I can't understand why my family isn't saved. Well, the scripture says that they love darkness rather than light. That's the only reason why people don't come to Christ to be saved, because they love darkness rather than light. You see, the Word of God has an answer to every question if we just open up our Bibles and look into the Word of God and let the Bible speak to our hearts. Now, beloved, I want you to see that while Adam the first hid from God, Adam the second, the Lord Jesus Christ, cried for God. When Jesus died for our sins, he cried out as he hung on Calvary's cross, and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Beloved, you know the answer. He was forsaken that we might not be forsaken. He was rejected that we might be accepted. He suffered hell so that we wouldn't have to go to hell. He died that we might live. Oh, thank God for such a wonderful Savior and such a wonderful salvation. Now, before we close this series of messages, 
I want to show you just one more contrast between the first Adam and the second Adam. Adam the first made excuses for his sins while Adam the second never had any sins to excuse. After Adam and Eve sinned by taking the forbidden fruit, the Lord called them to give an account, and you know what happened. I've already read you the story. Adam blamed his wife, and she blamed the devil, and they both made excuses for their sin. And ever since that time, the whole human race has been trying to excuse sin. But, beloved, when we look at the second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, we find that he never had any sins to excuse. He was 100% perfect in word, thought, and deed. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ is the only perfect man who ever lived in this world. That's why he could go to the cross and die for our sins. That's why he could be our perfect substitute, because he was perfect in motive, thought, word, and deed. He was very God as well as man. In the 69th Psalm, we have a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, or rather a prophecy of Christ, telling us that he would go to the cross and he would take our sins and bear them in his own body. I want you to turn with me to the 69th Psalm, and I want you to get the picture of the suffering Christ, a prophecy that was given several hundred years before the Lord Jesus Christ was born into the world. Listen to what it says in Psalm 69, verses 5 and 7. O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. No, beloved, Jesus bore our sins in his own sinless body. And in the seventh verse, listen to what it says. Because for thy sake I have borne re reproach, shame hath covered my face. Now here you have a messianic psalm which says that our Lord never made excuses for sin, Rather, he went to Calvary and bore our sins in his own sinless body so that we could be reconciled to God. You know, every time we sin, we're just like Adam and Eve. We try to make an excuse for our sins. We always try to blame somebody else, but, beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ never had any sins to excuse. I've tried to show you in this series of messages everything that we've lost because of Adam the first. But, beloved, praise God, you can be taken out of the family of Adam the first and placed in the family of Adam the second if you will receive the Lord Jesus Christ and let him be your Savior. Beloved, Jesus came to restore everything that Adam lost. That was the mission of the Son of God. The Bible says in Luke the 19th chapter, verse 10, The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And, beloved, because you are lost, you need a Savior. And Jesus came into the world to be your Savior. Oh, I'm so happy that I can offer to every one of you a Christ who will forgive you, who will save you, who will cleanse you, who will make you all over again. Oh, won't you come to him right now and let him be your Lord and Savior. It's been a joy to bring you this series of messages on the two Adams and I trust that they've all been a blessing to your heart. Thank you. I think we all found a blessing in your message from the Word of God. Friends, this is Tom Blair of the Christian Jew Hour. I'm sure you've often heard the Christian Jew Hour described 
as being a work of faith and a labor of love. Today I'd like for us to consider the first part of this description. Let us see if we can grasp the real significance of the Christian Jew Hour being a work of faith. From its very beginning, the Christian Jew Hour has been strictly a work of faith. There was no big organization or denomination backing the Christian Jew Hour. There was no high financial pool to draw from if things didn't go right. The Christian Jew Hour had something much better, faith that God's will and the believer's response would see us through. Yes, my friend, the Christian Jew Hour was founded on faith, and faith has continued to sustain us through the years. You know, it would have been easy to attract support if the Christian Jew Hour had chosen to join some popular or sensational cause. But the Christian Jew Hour is Christ-centered, not people-centered. To preach the gospel without fear or favor is not the easiest road to travel. It's the only road that leads to truth. It's more important for us to tell the truth in love than to compromise the message of Christ for financial gain. Yes, the Christian Jew Hour is built upon a foundation of faith within the framework of Christian love. And it is our faithful listeners who give faithfully that enables the Christian Jew Hour to keep on being a work of faith. If you're not part of this work of faith, won't you join us? We need you. Our mailing address is the Christian Jew Hour, Post Office Box 345. That's Box 345, San Antonio, Texas. And our zip code is 78292. Until next time, this is Tom Blair leaving you with this thought. The best way to communicate your faith is to translate it into action. Why not put your faith to work? Shalom, my friend, shalom, my friend, shalom, shalom. I'll see you again, I'll see you again, shalom, shalom, shalom. Yes, friends, if you enjoyed this message of Reverend Charles half today, then why don't you show your appreciation and your love and your support by sitting down and writing to the Christian Jew Hour, Box 345, San Antonio, Texas, 78292. Remember, when you write to the Christian Jew Hour, let them know that you're praying with them. They need your help financially and prayerfully. So write to the Christian Jew Hour today. That's Christian Jew Hour, Box 345, 345, San Antonio, Texas, 78292.